Hello, and welcome to Boozy Book Reports, a simple podcast where we revisit childhood classics while drinking copious amounts of alcohol. We're your hosts, Beth. And Sam. And this month, we're reporting on The Skin I'm In by Sharon G. Flake, first published in 1998. Yeah. First impressions? I liked it. Me too. Yeah. I have so much to say. I, I, I'm excited to hear what you think about it. Yeah. I, in general, I thought it was a nice book. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. I read it when I was on vacation and I actually really enjoyed it and kind of couldn't put it down. Yeah, it was a quick read and it had yeah. a nice flow. Uh, but before we're going to get into this book, we're going to get into the drinks. Sam has made two very interesting looking, well, cocktails, but one's not a cocktail. Well, it's a cocktail. Okay. It's a cocktail. Sometimes people call them mocktails. Yes. But uh, yeah, it's a cocktail. Uh, so the first thing I've made is a New York sour and so since uh, we're reading this book in honor of Juneteenth and we've tried to highlight uh, some alcohols made um, by black spirits makers and black winemakers. So a New York sour is a whiskey sour that has uh, – so whiskey sour is lemon whiskey and um, a little bit of simple syrup and egg white. So we put egg white in this one. And, uh, and then a New York sour floats a little bit of red wine on top. So the red oh. wine – the whiskey, we'll start. The whiskey is made, it's Uncle Nearest Whiskey, which is an award-winning whiskey uh, from Tennessee. Uh, and it honors the first black spirit maker in the U.S. who um, supposedly taught Jack Daniels what everything that he knew. Uh, and actually, it's uh, his descendant that's the wine, is the whiskey, the blender now. And so she's nice. one of the few female whiskey makers in, in the, in the country, or blenders in the country. Wow. And then the wine is made by a local wine, a local winery, Frechette, which is also a black-owned business. Okay, here we go. I'm nervous. That's different. It's a lot of different. Okay, I, I just have to say I hate wine. Yeah. Especially red wine. You, that's a top note, honestly. Yeah. This. <laughs> um, I like this drink, but I also recognize that you would not. So I had thought about, I also got the Uncle Nearest um, rye. Because I was like, oh, maybe I'll make a Sazerac too. And then I immediately thought, I can't do that to Beth. <laughs> I can't do two like hard whiskey drinks in one month. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's the New York Sour. I, I, I'm Your thoughts other than I hate red wine? Um, I think it tastes kind of gross. But again, I'm a fruity girl. I barely can handle liquor. This is a lot for my palate. Yeah. And I don't like wine. That you this is I so I I full disclosure to the viewers at home who cannot see in this podcast room, I did give Beth the smaller <laughs> my like a lot. I was like, yeah, this isn't gonna be your jam. You can have a little taste. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think you actually might like this next one. So okay. the next one I'm calling the honey crisp. Okay. Um, if you grab your beverage, it's going to be this is our first mocktail Ooh, it smells amazing but yeah. maybe because there's strawberries on the top that could be it too but the uh it's our first mocktail that we're doing on this uh on the podcast so we recognize not everybody can drink not everybody wants to drink and that's okay and sometimes you like drinking and you want to take a break so mm -hmm. uh we went ahead and did a, a nice summary mocktail so this has um a non-alcoholic cider in it we use the local cider sheffield and so, but you can use Martinelli if you're feeling spicy, but I would say um, reduce the next ingredients. We also have some honey syrup in it, which is one-to-one -one honey and water. Uh, if you're using something really sweet like Martinelli's, this is a dry cider relative to other ciders. So um, if you're using something really sweet, use a little bit less honey syrup. And then it's got some uh, club soda. Okay. Refreshing. You like that one? Not bitter. 
not Mar- Merlot-y. <laughs> Just tastes a little bit like flavored water. <laughs> it's, it's nice. That one's like a good, I think, a good porch pounder. Mm-hmm. The honey syrup is actually really good in it. Makes it a little bit fun and a little bit special. Yeah, I could do with a shot of, of vodka in it. Yeah. For, well, But it's but, good. But that defeats the purpose defeats of a mocktail. <laughs> but this, So uh, I have to tell you, my husband and I ordered the Curious Elixirs mock, uh, cocktails, mm-hmm. which are, they're all non-alcoholic cocktails. But they're, they're supposed to be like not sweet and still have like interesting flavors. And everyone, I, I still order order them because there's a couple of them I really like. But everyone, my husband would say, yeah, "This would be really good with some like <laughs> some like booze in it." I'm like, damn it, it defeats the purpose. I'm like trying to be like dry January or something. Yes, but it was good. It yeah. was good. So yeah. good job, Sam. Thanks. Two solid drinks. One I will never have again, and one yes. that I could I could drink on your porch. Well, I have all the ingredients to make it at most times. So going back to the book now, I had never read this book even though we are trying to reread uh, childhood classics that we've already partaken in. I I had never even heard about this book, which I wish I had. I think that That's this- kind of after your time though in school, right? First of all- Sorry. I would have been a no, junior no. in high school when this came you, out. So you would have not read this. No. Yeah. But-, but <laughs> I could have. Uh, <laughs> in 1998, I was in- Preschool. I know. Like third or fourth grade. Okay, like I yeah. would have, this would have been right on, yes. we should have read this. Yes. But I was in, in, in Eastern yes. Colorado. <laughs> so I did not read this. Okay. But we're going to start with the back of the book. Sam's yeah. going to read it for us. Malika suffers every day from the taunts of the other kids in her class. If they're not getting at her about her homemade clothes or her good grades, it's about her dark skin. When a t- new teacher whose face is blotched with a startling white patch shows up at their school, Malika can see that there's bound to be trouble for her too. But the new teacher's attitude surprises Malika. Miss Saunders loves the skin she's in. Can Malika learn to do the same? So big topics. Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of have to laugh a little bit because the whole premise of this book is this, it, this is a, a, a black girl who's dark, has dark, beautiful skin, yeah, but is constantly made fun of and called ugly and all these things. And then it makes, it doesn't make me laugh, but it made me giggle because the girl on the front of the book is freaking gorgeous. Like, yeah, so beautiful. And I'm picturing this girl who's so beautiful, but that is just being tormented because she doesn't live up to this standard. So I, I was going to wait to talk about this, but there was a point in the book where they were all teasing her and everything that she was describing I literally wrote, I bet she's gorgeous. Yeah. And everybody just freaking hates her yes. for it. Because like, she's tall and she, she's thin and she has a look and an edge. And, and yeah. she, she's got like Lupito Nyong'o skin. Like, yeah. uh, she's gorgeous. Freaking gorgeous. Yes. And, and like the other people, especially the other girls in the class who are so mean to her, freaking know it. Oh, yeah. They got to keep her down. Yeah. Because exactly. once she knows her worth, forget about it. Yep. And she's smart. She's good at school. Like, yeah, that's that I kept thinking is like she's she's just probably freaking she's got it all and she just doesn't know it. Yeah. Well, I love the way the author wrote this book. It just had mm-hmm. such an interesting, nice flow and rhythm to it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's one of the better written books that we've read. Yeah. Um, yeah. You kind of take the journey with her in a yeah. way, which I kind of liked. And it's I mean, she's in seventh grade. She's, they don't say what city she's in, but she's in a city. Uh, so you can just kind of picture what that's like for her to live in a place that is, 
it's not the best neighborhood. Like she talks about in a couple of places where she's walking in a, on a block that's empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot going in her neighborhood that is, is not great. And a lot happening in her school. That's not great. And so yeah. it opens and opens up and she's at school and she sees this teacher that has, um, that's a black woman, but has a blotch on her, on her face. Yeah. White, uh, a la MJ. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I pictured more like Winnie Harlow, right? The, the oh, model. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. And this woman is beautiful and put together and, and like she dresses, dresses well and well. she dresses like expensive. Ex- she the girl has expensive taste and has yeah. has the money to back it up. And we she got out- the rolly on her arm <laughs> and she pours Sean Don, man. <laughs> but every time they describe her, they're really describing her clothes and her look and just yeah. just I I wanted to see the like I kind of want to see the movie version of this because honestly I just want to see the devil wears Prada. Yeah. Like I want to see like who was she wearing today? Yeah. But there but was she, yeah. I mean, she's she's a. They say that she's like fat, like nobody's business, but to me, that's not an indicator of not being hot. So no, I guess I sort of pictured like Queen Latifah, exactly Queen like, Latifah, like just like an Amazonian glamazon beauty. Yes, just like what a bad bitch. Yes, she's sorry, bitch, in the nicest, like obviously the like reclaiming it way. Yes, but like what a just a badass. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and um, Malika, she is not a badass biatch at this point. No. She she lost her dad a few years ago. Um, first of all, she's in seventh grade, which is the worst. Yeah. Seventh grade is the worst. Like sixth, seventh, halfway through eighth grade, worst years of your life, at least for a lot of people. And I worked with children for a long time and I'll just say for the record, yes. Yeah. That's a really rough, a really rough age. Maybe, maybe someday I'll tell you, but like I had a lot of like terrible, terrible shit go down. In, in middle about school? Basically between like sixth and seventh grade. Mm. Like bullying? Terrible? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like kids weren't very nice. Also, I, I think I also wasn't the nicest either. So there's a couple examples of me not being very nice. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, you're so unsure of yourself. And also you're like hormonal as oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I heard something really wise once is that middle school is not, you're not learning like math and and like history. That's you not the that point. back. That's where I learned algebra. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> I Calm down, PhD. Uh, well, what, but the real, the either, real but. thing you really learn in middle school is how to human and how mm-hmm. to like have like friendships and social norms. I, I don't know how much that goes anymore, especially with the pandemic kids that were not face to face. Now they just do it online. Yeah, but but, but it used to be same. like you know you you know it's the first time some for some people that you're having those like fights between friends that are oh, have higher stakes God. and calling someone you know ugly to their face and then seeing the hurt kind of thing and yeah or I've, being called. I think I had my like first real friend breakup in Mm -hmm. like sixth grade where, you know, I told somebody that I didn't really want to be friends anymore. And that, and that's like, that's a hard time in your life. Oh yeah. It's awful. And Malika's in it. I mean, she, she, she lost her dad just a few years ago. Her mom had a complete nervous breakdown and the way she got out of it was to start sewing which relatable uh, Sam did that. I'm not, she didn't have a nervous breakdown. Let me I take mean, that back. let's not talk about maybe <laughs> a little, but no, I, I like, I actually thought her mom was quite charming yeah. and quite sweet and obviously loved Malika very much. Oh yeah. And, and this, the unfortunate sewing was like, I, I was like, well, that sucks for Malika. But, yeah. but also, you know, I totally understand where she's like, this is the thing that's getting me through is I'm making oh, yeah. outfits. Yeah. Well, I, I remember when you started to come to work, I'm like, ooh, that's a cute skirt. Ooh, that's a cute dress. You're like, I made it. I made it. I made it. Yeah. Um, 
Malika's mom is not quite as talented. Um, she she misses. Am, okay, we should we should be very <laughs> nice, but but this is also. I mean, I I really because that's like that's how I dealt with like proposals last year. Right, oh, I yeah. had to write a lot of proposals, and every time I basically have an outfit of clothing for every proposal because every time I'd get flustered or I'd like send it off to my colleagues to like read, <laughs> I'd be like, and now I'm gonna cut some stuff. That's how I'd like get through oh, it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, kind of similar. Um, yeah, honestly, that's what I read the stuff about her. I was like, oh man, her mom. Kind of get it. Is in it. And, you know, she she's struggling. Like yeah. this poor girl, her mom is as supportive as she can be. But she, there's a limit on yeah, what any human can do. So, again, her mom is just really struggling to get through over the death of her father and just becoming a single parent and single income and just what mm -hmm, is what mm -hmm. is that? And then, you know, poor Malika, she goes to school and she's a smart girl. She's super smart. She's great at math. She knows people and it, she's just ridiculed and just every turn, they're just so mean to her and her quote unquote friends, which she has a friend named um, Char, who we come to find out later, Char has like flunked seventh grade three times and is really like 16. Yeah. So that totally blew my mind. I, I was like super, when that came through, uh, I like had the idea that maybe she had like, Okay, this is yeah, wounded. We had a we had a, a deacon that used to call it wounded wounder, mm -hmm. right? I was like, okay, Charlotte, you know, like she's Char gone, she's is gone the wounded wounder, yeah. But and they they kind of go into her her. We'll, I'll probably talk about it later, but like with her sister, mm -hmm. you know, they go into stuff. But yeah, like, <laughs> she's also yeah can like maybe drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's of the age, and she's and I'm sorry, a 16 year old versus a 13 year old body wise is very different. Yeah, and Char likes to dress. I mean, her she, I don't I can't remember. Her her parents are gone. I don't. Did they both pass away or did they just leave? I don't I, know. Yeah, they might. There might remember. be like some incarceration, but her parents are not. They're not there. They're not present. And it's they are her, and her, her sister. sister, who's 25, and. She's 25 and she's partying and hard, hardcore partying. There's a part in the book where um, she's paying Char to like stay up all night and just like keep well, be a waitress, basically. Yeah, keep Wait the tables. drinks coming, yeah. empty out ashtrays and just she's hosting everything. these parties, which also seem kind Super of sketch. sketch. Yeah. yeah, she's charging people and they're just getting yes. down. Fun fact: in 2021, the author wrote a sister sequel to this book. Whoa. And it's called um, The Life I'm In, and it's Char's story. And it's the story of kind of like um, after she, after the events of this book, she's kind of gets to a place where she's, she's on her own. She's away, right? Yeah. And it it takes the journey of her and um, she goes on a bus kind of to nowhere and she's lured into human trafficking. So- Oh I, my God, I, yeah. go ask Alice and this <laughs> yes. book had a baby. Yes. Uh, so I didn't have time to read it, uh, but the good reviews were actually really high on it. So I'm kind of wanting to read that story too, to just well, see. Well, especially as it's nice of an author's. Yeah. So Malika really just wants to be like the other students. Yeah. She and, wants to be cool. She wants to be like, she wants to have a boyfriend. And she's not. She just, again, she's tall. She's lanky. She's, um, you know, at some point they describe, describe her skin as midnight black. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, colorism is a real thing. Yeah. In, uh, especially in the black community. And, you know, I'm not as familiar with it. There's a, there's a someone in the book that they're talking about. He's half and half. So he's like half white, half black. That's what I am. Mm -hmm. I'm a lighter skin tone. However, I've always wanted to be... I've always wanted darker, darker tones, which remember one time I was out to, out to 
lunch or dinner with him, like a newer friend, this um, other black woman. And she was from the South. Mm -hmm. And I made mention of like, oh my gosh, yes, I wish I was tanner. Like, I wish I was darker. And she was like, I've never heard anyone say that. And I was just like, kind of shocked. Like, it was just really eye-opening to me. And, you know, I grew up uh, here, which is... Eastern Washington, which is, I think our population is like under 2% black. And where I lived, like when I grew up, I remember being in middle school, elementary school, high school. And at any given time, there was probably five other black kids in the entire school. And so it was just a different vibe. And so reading Malika's story was so interesting because she's, you know, everybody there is, is, is black, you know, and just like the things that are going on. Like, I, I just wish I, I wish I would have read this story when I was younger. Yeah. Because for me, I had such a disconnect between, b- b- with my culture because like, you know, my mom's white. So she wasn't bringing black culture necessarily into our home. Right. We lived in a primarily white neighborhood. I went to a prim- primarily white schools and it was just like really challenging. I remember like when I went away to college, I went to Chicago mm-hmm. and- Because um, you got aunts in Chicago, I have an aunt right? in Chicago, yeah. my, my dad's side. So I have a she's black, black aunt. And I remember going there and it was such, it was such a culture shock. And I remember I went to this, um, it was like a little convenience store across from her apartment complex. And I was going to get a sandwich and it was like, the woman working there was black. And um, I started to order like a turkey club or something. And she looked at me. She's like, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from Washington State. And she's like, oh, like, because I was like in, you know, the legit like South, not South side, but I was in the South Loop of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And this woman was just like, what is this accent, ma'am? And what is this? (laughs) Like, I was just kind of a fish out of water. Right. And then I started classes and I I took this African-American studies class, which I was so excited for because most of my interactions with African-Americans had been through TV. Right. It was like Punky Brewster had a best friend named Cherry. And I would, I, I, related to her, a different world blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Like a different world is where I learned so much about black culture and just like things I'd never been exposed to. And it was just like, there was, and like family matters. And there was just, I mean, Steve Urkel is not the epitome of of the culture, but it was, it, it, you know, I mean, maybe. (laughs) Did I do that? Yeah. But it was like, I was, you know, everything, everything I'd really experienced with people my age was on TV. Right. But when I went to college, so I take this African-American studies class and everybody in the class is, uh, I went to a commuter school. So almost everybody was from Chicago. So everybody pretty much was from Chicago, black, except for me and this Jewish guy. And it was fascinating because like, I, I was so excited to take the class, but then like, it was the first time I was ever in a class where I wasn't the minority, which was Mind Mind blowing, yeah. Like, and like, it was so different. And then so many different uh, backgrounds, you know, and, and and then I remember like the professor, it became very clear that like I was different. Yeah. Um, We would talk about things like it was the first time I ever heard about good hair. It was Mm. the first time I really had heard about colorism Mm -hmm. in this class. Like it was the first time I heard about a lot of things. And so I'm sitting there just like eyes wide open, like, oh my gosh, what? good like what is this and um it got to the point where we were talking about like family traditions at like thanksgiving mm-hmm. and so people were talking about yeah we make greens we make this and the professor looks at me like beth what does your family do oh <laughs> and no I, and he like called out me and he called out this jewish guy and i was like well we eat lefsa because you know my mom's norwegian <laughs> <Oof-da>. <laughs> 
just like, it was wild. And I just, some of the girls in the class, they kind of took me under their wing a little bit. And like, we would go out to lunches and stuff and just talk. And uh, there definitely was like a culture, a little bit of right. a cultural divide. Because again, growing up in, in the city of Chicago is very different than growing up in Eastern Washington. Right, right. Um, but we had, a, I mean, but we still had similarities. So yeah, I, I think that's interesting because, you know, I one, I think it shows that any culture is not a monolith. Yes. Right. And everybody's Absolutely. experience is gonna be a little bit different. But yeah, to be to go from being the only black kid in or not the only, but like basically one of the few black kids in Kennewick, you yeah. know, to being like, you know, and kind in your own way, like another outlier, that's gonna be a whole nother Oh yeah. It was wild. Whole trip. It was wild. And you know, in our town, it's, you know, from back in the day, it's segregated. And yeah. so there's a part of town that has a bigger population of black people. And then yes. there's a part of town that doesn't. And I, of course, was in the part of town that doesn't. And we're, we're, you know, part of the reason why we wanted to read this book in June is because of Juneteenth. And I remember going to my first Juneteenth in the Tri-Cities. I'd never seen so many black people in my life. And I was just like, again, my mind was blown. I didn't even know that this was possible. Right. And it was the first time I felt cute because all of a sudden I was like, strutting my stuff and there's all, I was like in eighth grade so yeah. there's like all these like college age and like well I thought they were college they were probably in high school <laughs> but I'm like walking and I'm finally getting looks where that wasn't right. really happening and like it, anyway it was a whole thing and yeah I didn't realize that there was um I think when I like when I first moved here I thought well, because I'd read all the demographic data of like Richland, especially Richland and Kennewick, yeah. right? And it was like, oh, it's mostly white people. But um, and it, it is primarily Caucasian. Pasco is is very different yes. in that it is largely Hispanic, but also has a sizable black community. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think one going to Juneteenth in Pasco was a big thing. And then reading about like the history of like some of the workers that came up yeah. to, do, to work at the Hanford site that there was like a, there was actually like a sizable black community yeah. that came up to work at the Hanford site. You know, you it's, don't, it's, it's a weird, you definitely start to see how segregated it's, it's still in, it's, it's still, still in its own, it's still its own thing. Yeah. yeah but it's, you know, it's not yeah. quite sundown town levels, but no, I but mean, it historically, it historically, Kennewick was a sundown yes, town. Yes, um, which is great. I remember my dad telling so a story. The, yeah, so was the town my grandparents grew up in. And they, it's wild. Yeah. 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 And no, now knowing what that means is like, oh, right? What the? F <laughs> I know. My dad told a story how he read about Kennewick, Washington when he lived in Georgia and how mm -hmm. it was a sundown town. And then he ended up living there. And it's just like, that's so weird. And then it's wild. But yeah. back to Malika. So she is in Miss Sanders' class uh, she kind of just turns everything upside down. She's she's from a marketing background. Yeah. And so she's part of this program to bring professionals into the school to try and like shake things up. And teach for America type situation. So Malika and her friends, who are not really her friends. No, they're- They're awful. Yeah. it's a, this, is a, this is not even that reciprocal. They're just a tit for tat. Like you do my homework, I give you clothes and let you like- sit around me and I'm going to, but, but if I make fun of you, you have to laugh. Yes. You have to take it's it. You have to do whatever bullshit. we say. Yeah. She's so, um, Charlize who they called Char and then Reina and Ray's who are twins that are like kind of the click. They are so over, uh, Malika, but whatever. So they're in the bathroom and the bathroom first of all, doesn't have 
stall doors. Relatable. Yeah. That, I mean, that's ours, how our dorms were in college. Because are you pe- serious? Well, because people would get drunk and rip them off. And then the oh. school was like, fuck no, we're not replacing them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Kev's, Kev's dorm in college had no stall doors. And then for a while, there wasn't <gasps> even a divider between I'm, the stalls. How does one go... Number two, under because those circumstances. Yeah, just got Somebody's brushing their teeth and the other person's right there just making eye contact, yeah, dumping it. Yeah, just dropping a deuce. Yeah. Oh my because gosh. Because at some point, somebody got drunk on like Incredible Hulks and then Incredible Hulked the like the <sighs> divider out. My friend lived in a dorm, just to, just to talk about this. My friend lived in a dorm where they actually had to get relocated for about two months because somebody got drunk and ripped a sink off the wall. Oh my gosh. Anyway, go Boulder. Ugh. So, go Buffs. So <laughs> the girls are in there smoking and stuff yeah. and you know, not and again, I don't think that Malika wants to be there. I think that she wants to be She just doesn't want to be made fun of, yes. right? She she talks about how traumatic the experience she has where they're sitting around and uh her boyfriend at the time, Mr. Oh. Dingle Britches himself. Um, uh, ch- not Chad. It's uh, Caleb. <laughs> Caleb. Caleb Jamal. Chad. <laughs> Chad. <laughs> Caleb um ends up like kind of abandoning her, and she talks about how humiliating that is. And so basically, her whole thing right now is just like just keep the keep the status quo. Keep, you know, this is all she has. She has to just keep this going um until until she until she meets Miss Saunders, yeah. who like throws it all kind of up in well, the air. And I I think what I love is one of the very first things that happens with this teacher is that. Clearly she has something on her face that's yeah. that is different. And the kids notice it. And I'm sorry, middle school kids are brutal. They're like so mean. if you want if you want to lower your self-esteem, ask a middle schooler what they think about you. Yeah. And you will be humbled. And the kids are starting to make fun of her. I think they draw a picture of her on the blackboard. And, yeah. And then she's like, All right, give it to me. And they all start just yeah. talking There's to nothing, her. I think that they she has like a phrase where she's like, I've traveled the world. There's nothing you can't say to me that hasn't been said to me in five different languages. Yeah. Like Come at me, bro. And then one kid does. And I I love this. So uh, they say, not to hurt your feelings, but I think it says, you know, you're a freak. And I'm just like, middle school kids are the effing worst. Would say that. They would say that. Yeah. Like, I remember I had a student once that was, I like um, said like something kind of snarky to him or something in a funny, jesty way. And I just gotten a really bad haircut. You know, the kind of haircut that you yeah. chop it all off and you get bangs and you're like, you can't put it in a ponytail and it looks horrible. And, and you greasy. have to wait like three it months was for it to come back. Horrific. And he, he, I could see him stop himself from like, I knew exactly what he was going to say. I knew he was going to cut me deep. Mm-hmm. And he like looked at me and then just because we had relationship, he stopped himself. And I was just like, Ooh, I just, I just got lucky Dodged because I really didn't want to cry tonight. Um, yeah. In well, front of these students. We, we sort of talked about this, about a mutual friend getting, you know, sort of bullied by, <laughs> by the resident 13 year old mm-hmm. and how she's sort of scared of the 13 year old. Cause, cause she's kind of mean and, and there's an age, you know, you're at that age. I think where you're first, like, they're at the age where you first realize how much damage you can do with with words. Oh, yeah. And like, you will do it. You will oh, do yeah. it to your mom. You will do it to your friends. You will do it to your not friends. You will do it to a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Like, it's just, they're just shit. They're horrible. Yeah. They're horrible. Um, and thankfully, most grow out of it, but some don't. So we follow uh, Malika kind of on this journey. There's a point where Miss uh, Saunders, she she assigns them a group assignment. Mm-hmm. And they, she breaks Char. Emilika up, which is like 
Because she knows. She knows. It's kind of around this time that Malika just kind of starts getting a little bit lax on doing Char's homework. And so she starts writing this. Well, she puts her with the girl who's good at cooking. What? Oh, she puts her with the girl that um, is kind of of like, maybe not the brightest bulb in the box, but knows her way around a kitchen. Yes. And like, I remember she was like, oh, trying to fight Mm -hmm. doing the assignment. And then finally she's like, we're going to do it because she can't help but be... Yeah. But be good. And she decides to write this journal entry um, in in the voice of a slave girl that is, that is on a ship being transported across the world to this new horrific life. And just the writing of that was really good, too. And it was really engaging, even though it was clearly written by a seventh grader. Like, it felt like it was written by a kid, but it still was impactful. And I yeah. don't know. I just really liked it. There, there was a, there was a sort of a, a juvenile nature to it where she like the girl was really worried about the boy thinking she was beautiful that was mm-hmm. like next to her and I was like yep that's, that's what that's what seventh grade you thinks hormones yeah. baby <laughs> I'm on a slave ship but does he think I'm hot. <laughs> I mean, sort of had a moment of like, 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 I think that's what you do when you're that age. That's the that's, age of it. It's yeah. like that's I your agree. context is like boys looking cute. Oh, yeah. my just, Even into high school, my best friend Cookie and I, every, okay, this is like so, so, so stupid. But at the end of every summer, we would go through the yearbook and basically decide <laughs> what boys are we going to like next year by going through <laughs> the yearbook. And so, I mean, it's not a bad idea. I, I'm pretty sure that I <laughs> have get your a year summer strategy on <laughs> that has like circles of boys yeah. that I wanted to, yeah, exactly. to be with. So there's a lot of kind of the same. It's like kind of the same day to day for um, yeah Malika. She's just kind of like tormented. <laughs> yeah. Goes home, <laughs> does homework, tormented. Um, she hangs out with her other friend, though. The sweets. one that went sweets. Yeah. The one who went to the gifted and talented school. And you comes out that sh- that. Malika had the opportunity to go yeah. to that school and literally sabotaged her own damn interview. Yeah. And her mom cried. I Ugh. get it though, but like she's so young and just to the, that unknown. And especially like it had it been right around the time her dad had passed. Maybe. Yeah. And I don't know. I just. You don't, you don't see the, the, the big longer, picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the fear of going to a school like that. And I think she even said that like it was less diverse yeah. and what that would feel like. And it's like, you've already been made fun of for being black to think about going into a situation where yeah. Now, now you're extra other. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. So I went to a high school. I didn't go to the high school I was supposed to go to. I went to a high school in town. At, so I could do like a program mm. with like, you know, accelerated schooling and stuff. And I do remember that there was like a point at which I had a friend that tried to convince me to apply to an actual like boarding high school. Oh, wow. Like one of the, because they had, their brother had gone there. And I thought about it, but I never applied because I just couldn't. Like, I couldn't even see myself there. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I do kind of wonder if that's part of it, too, is mm-hmm. like, she, if she's, she doesn't, she knows she's good at math, but she doesn't maybe know how good at math she is. And she knows she's good at writing, but not like, how, she doesn't know how good she is. That if, like, if it, if you never see it, it yeah. which, which is why I think Mrs. Saunders, Miss Saunders is so important. If you oh don't my gosh. see that, like, excellence yeah. and success, or it seems like, oh, that belongs to other people, then you mm-hmm. can't even imagine. No. 
And it's, I just think it's so important to have a teacher like that or an adult like that in your life that's cheering you on and rooting for you. Like I had a teacher in elementary school that was that for me. Like she wrote, I wrote her letters in the summer, which is looking back now. I'm like, oh, was she taking pity on you? Like what, what was the thing? But she had beautiful penmanship and she'd write me these letters. And I think I, she'd always talk about like, I'm very young, mature young woman. And I, you know, I was different than the other kids my age in that respect. Like I had some parentification stuff going on and, you know, just was a quote unquote, an old soul. And it, it was hard for me to fit in sometimes. And she, she spoke to that and it really, it really encouraged me. And it, I held onto those letters, like, because it just inspired me for years. Yeah. But it's like, I just, even though she's fighting it so hard, Malika does not want any help from Miss Saunders. Like she is. Yeah. She's, she's like got a little too much of the, like, I got this. I'm good. I'm good. Even though she's like very like also kind of knows she's not good. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering too, if it goes back to fear again of like the fear of like accepting help. Well, from a teacher too, because then it's like, you don't want to be. Well, she's, she's already had issues with like being made, sucking up to the teacher at this stage does not make you more cool. You know, she had that moment of cool where she's like decided yeah. to cut her hair off. Yeah. Oh, And she goes yeah. to the salon and they cut it and it goes back Everyone to her Everyone be- talks her up. Yeah. And it's like, it it goes back to, she's probably just this gorgeous, tall, she's beautiful Exactly. Girl. I think that's the point where I wrote, she must be so pretty. Yeah. And she was feeling herself and yeah. she, she got some new clothes that her mom actually paid for, like she didn't make. Mm-hmm. She goes to school the next day, which, oh, there's nothing like a fresh outfit you know, like just feeling first yourself. First day of school energy. Oh my God. Okay. I have a great first day of school energy. It's like one of the best moments of my life. Please don't think I live in my middle school days, but it was one of those moments. So I was always a little chubby. I mean, mm-hmm. I still am, but I was like, Shot. I was very like round. Yeah. I, I was a round person, like a round faced when I was in sixth grade, seventh grade. And then somewhere between seventh and eighth grade, I dropped a bunch of weight and I just kind of like became more womanly. And I... Girl, it was out of a movie. Yeah. First of all, I was wearing like slouchy pants, like jeans with like um with like Tim like fake Timberlands yeah, and then um, like a like a maybe I love it so uh, much. like like a no fear kind of shirt because yeah, yeah. it was the it, it was, was the mid nineties mm-hmm. and then I had like dog tags on and I like walk in and there's some of my friends and this girl was like oh my gosh look at Beth and I was like. That's right. And I just strutted and it felt so good. And I'm like, I've been chasing that dragon the rest of my life. It was straight out of a movie. And it's like, that's how, that's what I was no. thinking about. She walks in thinking she's going to get it. And like, at first they kind of did. They kind of like, yeah. they, some of the guys were like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden here well, comes. Somebody had to chop her down. Yes. Miss Char got super jelly face and had to chop her down. Yeah. And it was awful. And then, yeah. then she literally like put a baseball cap on and just, Yeah, you I know. got super sad at that point because I wanted her to just like get on with her bad self like super hard at that point. Because I was, yeah, there is nothing, you know, than a cool haircut and you just feel like, again, you just feel a hunt, like a million bucks. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Like when you feel that self-confidence, dude, nothing can like tear I you down. I have to tell you, I got a pair of Massimo pants. Ooh, that's classy. <laughs> well, of Target. Massimo for Target. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, um, they were like magenta. Mm-hmm. And then I got a yellow shirt and I got these shoes that matched. <gasps> they were magenta and then, Ooh. but the uh, sole was yellow. So good. I, yeah, that was the, that was so the good. beginning of my love affair with bright clothing. Oh, I love it. 
So there's a couple like yeah. random incidents that I thought were pretty funny. Like, first of all, the fact that like the the lunch ladies would like sabotage the kids' food. <laughs> like uh, Malika's like, okay, like be careful what you say and do because they're gonna they'll like put pencil shavings in yeah. your food or pepper okay, in your milk. That's classic lesson. That's lesson number one. Don't fuck with the lunch ladies. That's right. Don't fuck with anybody who gives you food. No. What the hell, people? But Char does because Char has big attitude and she goes in talking a mess, being wild. And well, so enjoy eating your spit because that, that's literally gonna happen. They did that. They yeah. well, I don't know if they spit, but they made her like a burnt, disgusting food. Yeah. And then she, of course, is like forcing uh, Malika to like take it back. And she's just like, the lunch ladies are being nice to her. I'm just like, don't fix the sandwich. And she <laughs> takes it back and Char eats it. I'm just like, okay, we're seeing we're seeing uh, Malika like get some confidence and push back a she's, little bit. Yeah, she chips away a little bit a at smidge. this point. But but the the like <laughs> the sabotage was so good. It I had, so I had good. a little giggle at that point. I mean, I love a good revenge plot. I did too. I, I do have to say in the book, I kept waiting for her to like really give it to them because like like right away too. Remember like Char's like dating or like Char likes to flirt with all the boys, and so she's flirting with somebody's boyfriend. Yeah, she like makes out with him. Yeah, and then Malika gets blamed and punched for it. Yeah. So while while I would love to see the like you know Malika just fucks everybody up and like mm -hmm. you know fights Char, I do think that this is the more realistic tale. Oh, absolutely. And if you're like giving you know basically <laughs> the best success is you just doing your damn thing and getting getting out and getting your mm -hmm. getting your schoolwork done and and do that. Yes. Spoiler alert, she does not become John Wick. Um, it is not, that is, that is not no. what happens. Um, anyway, there's, there's a lot of back and forth that happens. Um, uh, she also gets bullied by that other boy. Uh, oh, John, 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 yeah. John, John is nasty. And he's he, a little shit. And we find out he's hated her since met middle school and but, just, oh man, this, okay. This made me think about when I, so I got bullied a lot when I was a kid, but it turned out that there was a kid that I didn't know I had been a dick to. Oh, on the on the tetherball court, okay. I had apparently talked a lot of shit and been kind, which that checks out for me playing sports. Even when I'm the baddest, the worst per person <laughs> playing that sport, I will talk shit. Um, but you know, I I guess I had like kind of harassed him, and he remembered that. And then like later, he was like, "Oh yeah, you were really mean to me," and I had no idea. I was like, "I don't, I didn't even, I don't even remember you from that age." <laughs> Like sorry, <laughs> Which is, uh, no, no, no. But yeah, you know, but I get it. Yeah, but it, you know, we actually we later we later dated. But I guess oh. like I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember you from that age. And he was like, "Yeah, you were like really mean to me on the tetherball court." And so I think one of the lessons that I I it, that one actually hit me really hard. But um, you you may be the most bullied person in the world, but you never know also what you've done yeah. either on purpose. Or accidentally to somebody else. And so while you may be the hero, you may not be the hero in your own story, but you may be the hero in your own story. You also may be the villain in somebody else's. Yeah. And and for what seem is a seemingly stupid reason. Um, but but you know, Malika was the villain in John John's story. Which is wild. Cause he's because he, he was so nasty to so her. So mean to her. Like <laughs> he's he sang a song about her that caught yeah. on. And just he was just horrible. Yeah, um, wounded wounder every time. Yes. this is the the wounded wounder that somebody <sighs> who awful. has internalized pain and then they're lashing out. And so maybe maybe you know, there's a lot of these moments where it's like if if you just asked, are 
you woke. Are you okay? <laughs> you okay? But you're, but you're, you're, you know, you're, you're 13. You don't you, have the you capacity. Don't, no, there's not that. You're 12. This kind of just goes on for a while. We see different instances of her being bullied and, mm-hmm. and, and people just being mean to her because of the fight early in the book. She has to start working in the office, which allows her to get mm-hmm. some intel. There's a, there's a point where she's supposed to meet Miss um, Saunders after school and she kind of puts it off and she overhears a private conversation that Miss Saunders was very vulnerable with another teacher mm-hmm. and then kind of has to ask uh, Malika to like, please don't share this. Yeah, And it, Malika really debated for a minute. She's like, I could tell Char this and then I would... Yeah, you know, I, would, like, I would win. I would win. Yeah, I would get some favor. and and But at the same time, she's starting to see who Char really is mm-hmm. and how she's really not her friend and mm-hmm. d- like how how mean she actually is. She she had this like thing with Caleb for a while and Char's definitely jealous of that. Mm-hmm. And Caleb um, ditched Malika because he thought, he says that he thought it would help with the bullying. Like, you know, because he's so fabulous. and Yeah, I believe that um, for like 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> douche canoe uh sorry i mean <laughs> sorry true uh he like tries to put the moves on her on in detention which i appreciate uh, Ugh, yeah gross uh buzz off seriously uh there there is one like trigger warning there's this this scene where uh malika goes to hang out with char at her sister's party and stuff and she realizes she made a mistake and needs to go home mm-hmm. and she's walking home and these two older guys are like calling out cat calling her and they're getting closer and closer and they kind of corner her yeah and they start to get more physical and handsy and she like drops one in with a nut a nut punch um and then was able to get away from the other one and is running away and she talks about you know even for the next few days and how much it's bothering her it's been a mm-hmm. month and she's still thinking about it and uh it just yeah. i just felt so for her like she's already going through so much and so two creeps really just gotta compile yeah it, and I just, I'm that I remember being that age and not knowing what to do with the advances of men and how especially older men, older men. Yeah. I, I remember being in eighth grade. Well, this is was an advance. But, so, my friends and I are walking home from school and we're all having fun. We're going to a friend's house. We have to walk up this hill. It's a whole thing. And there's a gaggle of us, eighth grade mm-hmm. girls, and we're walking by this house. And there's a man sitting in his garage with the garage door halfway down vigorously masturbating ah. and Ugh. like at the time we we were like what is it? you know like most of us hadn't seen a penis yet you know most of us were like just starting to like yeah go to other levels with boys and like i just remember we were all like ah and we all just started laughing and screaming because what do you do what the hell else we yeah. have cell phones or you know nobody could but I was just like, as an adult thinking about that now, yeah. that this man, as children are walking home from school, is just sitting in his garage, do, pleasuring himself, at, well, exposing himself and committing a sex crime. But it was just like, it it, it kind of, uh, Malika's story kind of took me back to those moments where it's just like, it's the first time experiencing adults acting in a way that is so inappropriate. Yeah. And like, what do you do with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. You, you in some sense, I mean, you're you're incredibly vulnerable at that time. Oh because my gosh, of it. yeah. Because you just don't know what to do. Yeah. Like and now I'd be like, ugh, creep. Yeah. You know? I would take pictures. I'd publicly shame you, get you fired from your job. <laughs> Put it on next door. You're going on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and Enjoy I'm going to ruin your life. Infamy. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> you're probably, you're going to go to jail. You yeah. can't expose yourself to children. No, that's that's exactly it. I would call the cops yeah. right, at this point. But, you know, at that age, you don't know. And, and I do also think that um, for better or for worse, I think a lot of 
I think back to experiences that I had and I was like, did I, did I do something wrong? I messed up, you know? And, and so I imagine that's that Malika would, she internalizes a lot of the incidences as her own fault that are clearly not her fault. So one of the things that was interesting that came out of this is that the diary she was writing as the slave girl, which was her name backwards, is how she wrote it. She starts writing it. Oh my God, I totally at, missed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, now I gotta go find it. Um, yeah, 97, page 97. There's oh, an entry. Yeah. For cripes sake, I'm dumb as hell. Maybe not. Yes, Maybe no, no, I'm done. No, but it is basically Malika mixed it's, up. Sorry, not backwards. And what is it? An, An anagram? anagram? Yeah. We'll go with anagram. I'm so stupid. I did but, not even make that uh, connection. <laughs> But but she starts using her the she starts writing her own ex- pain and experience yeah. even more so through this other girl's eyes and um you know she has this entry uh, where she, right after this event where she says where do you run when there's no place to run you know they trapped me I couldn't see a way out mm-hmm. you know and it 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 was just real I don't know I just I thought it was a really great way to teach kids to you know what a great example for students to read this book and say like okay this is another way for me to get my emotions out is to mm-hmm. to say it through the eyes through you know through the lens of someone else or just to write it down Yeah exactly to get um, the, you don't have to necessarily just write and relive it in that way you know at yeah. all times so and at this point, too, she's finally mis- meets up with Miss Saunders and she's like sharing her work with her and she's getting all this great feedback. She actually ends up deciding to enter this library contest mm-hmm. and that was super exciting. And But trouble's a brewing. Trouble is a brewing because Char is is failing her classes. Yeah. And then instead of, you know, looking within. Yeah, she does not. No. Uh, she tells her big sister who makes the biggest scene at school. Yeah. The principal has to call uh, Miss Saunders into the office and she's going off. Which which is not helpful for Miss Saunders because it turns out Miss Saunders is having her own bullying problems with the other teachers, too, because the yeah. other teachers and the office people don't like her. No. Nope. She's come in and she's kind of shaken up the status quo. Mm hmm. So Char decides to to take some revenge. Yeah. And Miss Saunders had this way of like whenever she was teaching on a certain topic, she would decorate her classroom, you know, mm-hmm. just do things very differently. And um, they decide that they're going to get back at her. So the twins and Shar and Malika gets pulled into it and they decide to go and just F up her room. Yeah. Put stuff in her drawers. and Yeah. They go and um, they sneak into the school in the morning. Um, they almost get caught by the janitor. I thought it was hilarious that Char chose to wear heels because they talk about her heels clacking up the, <laughs> the stairs. I'm like, who, who, who wears heels to a prank? Listen, you gotta look hot when you're shoving spam oh in, the, in the filing cabinet. <laughs> they were, do- yeah, so they like, st- like they start just like messing with stuff and um, they were doing, I think Arabian Nights or something and so Miss Saunders had brought in some like money from a different country and um, they were starting to like put glue on things and mm-hmm. pillows and, and um, Shar to Malika is like, hey, here's, here's, the, here's a lighter, set yeah. that money on fire. And then she does the most disgusting thing ever. She sticks her finger up her nose and blows a snot rocket out. Oh. And I was just like, ma'am. Like, you know, I'm sorry. She was trying to be classy and like, oh, she's like got it all together. I've never seen a classy girl blow a snot rocket. Oh, but I have seen a classy girl spit in some other girl's face. (gasps) Are you serious? Yeah. What? What? Yes. In high school fights. Oh, my gosh. I would rather someone slap me in the face than spit on me. Never seen, you've never seen anybody spit on somebody else? 
I mean, on TV, not in real life. Yeah, we maybe we were, we were hard in Aurora. <laughs> <laughs> Aurora, Colorado, hard AF. There, there wasn't a ton of girl fights. I don't remember a ton of girl oh, fights at school. No, I told you about the most one-sided fight I've ever seen. That there was only one security guard, so she grabbed one girl, and the other girl started hitting the girl that was grabbed by the security oh guard. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, no, that was okay. I'm not saying it was really common, but like it was common-ish. I saw a co- I, I saw really another one-sided fight in middle school when somebody brought some vodka to school. What? And one of the girls got really drunk and got in a fight, and uh, with a non-drunk girl, and the non-drunk girl later flat. Yeah, we I, we had a lot of fights. Wow. When I was in middle school, especially because I, I think because they kind of let it happen. I was in a oh. kind of a country school and the, there was like a point where the pr- principal, like especially if the boys were fighting really bad, he would just take them out to the field and be like, all right, pommel each other. That is wild to me. Like that was <laughs> like, not, get it out your system. <laughs> if there was even rumblings of fight. I mean, we had like a cop on campus and like uh, we had a cop too. He was, a, he was fucking poopy flavored lollipop levels oh. of like effective. Um, yeah, I just, I don't remember tons. Of, I remember one time there was a girl that I thought I might get in a fight with. I was so scared. She was um, a little younger than me, a black girl. Like we were the two black girls in school. You can't get in. And okay. I was so upset about it, but there was just like, I can't even remember what happened. Anyway, we were on like on the dance team together. And I just remember like she was talking crap about me and I was older. I was like a junior. She was a freshman. So I had to like show face. And we had a, we like, we crossed paths in the hall and we're just glaring at each other. And I like gave her the stare down so hard. And I was like, inside, I was like, oh my gosh, I really don't hope I don't have to fight. Because if I get hit, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so wait, have you ever been in a fight? No. No, never. I mean, with my brother and stuff, but not like, I mean, I was older than him by far. So I just booby twister him up and then what's he going to do? Yeah. Have you gotten in a fight, Sam? How do you think this nose is fucked up? (laughs) Like a fight without your sister, not with your sister. With my sister. Okay. Well, that doesn't count, count. I mean, it counts as a fight, but... she broke my nose. Uh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> I'll tell you later how old we were when this happened. But how, like, How old were you? Older than we should have been In having this teens? fight. In your high school teens? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah we, that's way too old. We got in a pretty... It was pretty gnarly. But, but we, don't, we don't do that now. Oh my God. No, we got to a point where we were like, oh God, this is illegal. <laughs> like like <laughs> the cops could get involved. No, it's kind of a redneck S- thing. Sister fights or something else. So I was at my best friend's house in like yeah. seventh grade and we wanted to watch a movie and her sister had the TV in her room. And so it was one of those box TVs. Yeah. So she went to get it and the sister's like, no. So they're fighting over this 27 inch, 80 pound TV between this doorway screaming at each other and I only had a younger brother and he was yeah. significantly younger yeah. so it was like what the hell is happening like I had I think fascinating. in my whole life I think I had very, I can I had one serious fight with my brother my sister and I though fought way into our teens and like not very many physically fight physical fights but definitely there was one I remember and she, I'll be frank she kicked my ass like that was that was the end of that but yeah <laughs> It was bad. It was real bad. She was a lot bigger than I was. <laughs> Even when we, by the time we hit our teens, Casey was way taller than I was. Not hard to do. Hey, and we're literally hey, the same height. So. I'm five two. 
Oh my goodness. Shut up in your face. <laughs> this is a non-bullying podcast. Yeah. No, so just to be fair, I do not advocate for this. And I also don't advocate for that level of like physical violence between people. Like that that was really unhealthy. And we've like we've both been in therapy. We've both dealt with it. Like we've mm-hmm. both talked about it since that that's like was a bad precedent that was set, you know. Would not do it now. But but it happened. It happened. So <laughs> No, I, mean, I haven't been in like a school fight though. Mm-mm. Mostly because I was so scared of getting in trouble and losing a scholarship. Oh. I was so scared. I just needed to get to college. That was like go- the the goal for like, I was like, I got to get out. I got to go to college. Yeah. I can't get pregnant. I can't even look at boys. <laughs> like, I just need my scholarship I gotta and I got to get out of here. here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I had the fantasy of fighting a lot. Yeah. Um, I also honestly think this might be my own bias is that black women historically, angry black woman thing kind of stuff. And I feel like there are some people that were intimidated by me based on the color of my skin and, you know, the size of my hips type of thing. And you're going to like booty check them like maybe. But <laughs> I, I mean, it's I know. Oh no, I remember being in like high school and I went to the Bon Marche, which was what Macy's was before. Yeah. And it was <laughs> such a classy store. And um, this this doesn't relate, but kind of relates. Uh, I, I, it was the first time I got followed in a store that I recognized I got followed. I was by, oh. I was by Dooney and Burke. And it was like, I couldn't figure out why they weren't following my friends. And it was like one of the first times I was like, oh, because I'm black. Like, it was like this oh. light bulb because my mom never had the talk with me. Like, by the way, hey. you know, when you're shopping, don't put your hands in your pockets and always get a bag and a receipt. And my dad was a dad, like not an eighties dad. Like, uh, so there, there was no one like guiding me through that process. Yeah. So I had to like figure it out of like, Oh, why are people being this way? And so I think that race played a little bit into it. Um, as I got older, uh, um, people yeah. not, not, um, messing with me, but maybe Which, not, maybe I was just, so did you ever feel the, then that you couldn't like show emotion or show? Oh, absolutely. I would never oh. get too angry to anything. I, even now I, I temper myself sometimes. I mean, I'm much more open now, but like, and I'm not super angry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super like, you um, should be. About well, some of the shit that goes now. Yes. <laughs> well, I just, I didn't like to use the word angry because it has such a weird connotation yeah. with black women, but it's like, I mean, most of the time I'm chill enough. Like I might talk shit or whatever, but it's like, I'm not going to throw hands. Like I'm not like enraged or anything. Ah, uh, but there's, yeah, I mean. And I typically, I don't typically raise my voice. Like I barely cuss, you know, in rea- in in normal day-to-day life. I yeah. just am kind of like, whatever. Uh, again, I'm going to talk mad crap about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess that I, I but, guess I recognize here that that is a place because I I'm a pretty sassy, yeah, a little bit sassy at work sometimes. Yeah, and I'm like, I, what are you gonna what, what are you gonna, gonna do? do? But at the same time, that is a bit of a privilege. That oh yeah, like my biggest fear is like making one of my coworkers cry and then having it become a thing. Even though like my, some of my coworkers have said shit to me that made me want to cry, that were super biased and racist and whatever. And I just kind of like you know you just pick your battles. I'm like, okay, Come am get I me. am I ready? Which you know, that's where allies come in because <laughs> yeah. it's like it's safer sometimes for other people to speak up, which some people might be like, no, you have to always speak up for yourself. No, 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 and no, I'm no. Like, mm. but you spoke up for me. There was a point where I was in a position where I was yeah. a, as a postdoc yeah, where it's, some stuff happened and I was scared to speak up because I, I, again, I was like in the position where I might be hired and I didn't want to look like a rabble rouser. Yeah. And you spoke up for me. Yeah. So it was safer for me. Plus, 
it pissed me off. It and, was some bullshit. Yeah. But, you know, the, yeah. You, yeah. It's, it's, it is what it is. Um, yeah. I, all I have to say is it has been a challenge. Um, I'll go more into it, but it's been a challenge. I want to rewind just a smidge mm-hmm. because after Malika, here's Miss uh, Saunders talk about how this vulnerable moment, how she's really feeling and the teachers don't like her and how she wants to change the world and it's not happening. And she, you know, she's just really going through it and talking with her friend, you know, um, Malika sees it and then they kind of come to this. They like ca- an agreement. Yeah. Or like an unspoken, an unspoken or an agreement. And then they, they kind of have to have it out a little bit. Yeah. Like, why are you always on me and stuff? And um, yeah, there was something that I really liked about what she said. It was on page 119. And she says, this is Malika talking. She says, some of us are the wrong color. Some is some is the wrong size or we got the wrong face. But that doesn't make uh, us wrong people. Now, does it? And she says, oh, and she goes, and I, I sit myself up on the desk and I put my feet up like Miss Saunders had done. She's like, shoot, I know I got my good points too. And I thought it was really cute. They have this kind of come to Jesus moment where they just kind of like, Miss Saunders starts laughing. She's like, good points. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, because she's basically, Malika's basically telling her, like get over it because part of the thing that Miss Saunders was like talking about with her friend was just like that feeling of differentness yeah and even though she had put on this front that she was kind of over it with the kids clearly it still weighed heavily on her heart and she talked about how like I've always had to dress nicer than everyone else I've always had to be the smartest be the best in the room and I super related to that because they talk about that a lot as a black woman. You have to be 10 times better than everyone else to be considered average. Well, you know about, there's like a phrase about like, may was it, you may you have the confidence of a mediocre white man and the yeah. talent of a, of a black woman. Yeah. And it's like- It's so real. Like, I, I cannot tell you how many times in my life that I've I've felt. I've, I remember I, almost, I was so pissed. I was in a leadership class in college and I got a worse grade because the teachers, um, first of all, they didn't, they couldn't tell me apart from another girl. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And I, and then they were like, you're not putting in the work, which I was. And it was, mm-hmm. it was just one of those situations, like no matter how hard I work, they yeah. cannot see past my appearance. And it was just really challenging. Um, but that's happened in the workplace too, or, I've, or at least I felt that I have to like prove myself. Uh, yeah. You but see- I feel like it's out of necessity. Like I remember walking yeah. into a job, like the job interview for the gig that I have now. And there's always that little hesitation of like, they don't know I'm black, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I've walked into places where I've met people that didn't know I was black and you could tell on their face, oh, mm-hmm. A diversity hire, you know, or that kind of thing. And then it's just like, we got a black one, you know, just that feeling. Yeah. Super annoying. No, I get it. I, I get it. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. So Malika is gaining confidence. She has it out. She hurt. I feel like she comes to a new understanding with Miss Saunders. And then the other thing that's cool that happens is, um, she, her mom's talking to her. I feel like in a, mo- a moment of clarity and talking about how her dad was a writer because Malika enters this yeah. library competition. And she's like, oh, your dad was a writer. And she's like, I've never heard this. She's like, yeah, she, he used to write you stories and poems. And she finds this, the poem that her dad wrote for her. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, brown, beautiful, brilliant. My Malika is brown, beautiful, brilliant mine. And I think this just empowered her so much yeah, because this person that she held in high regard that she misses desperately that never, she never, I think got the chance to hear her daddy say like, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love you enough, you know, to where she could remember. And then all of a sudden it just seems like it gave her a little bit of confidence. Well, it makes the writing part a connection to her father, right? It makes oh, it huge. a connection to her, but it also in some sense uh, also connects her further. Like she's never mean to her mom. And I, I think she actually does a good job of like, 
accepting her mom for where yeah. her mom is. Yeah. But at the same, for, uh, at, at, at that age, you know, that challenge, not always what, you know, that's not always the skill you have. But um, she, yeah, it also gives her a tighter connection with her mom, right? Oh, yeah. And now all of a sudden they're like, they're like linked through this all. Yeah. And they make mention that her mom's the nicest woman on the block. Yeah. Uh, her friend Sweets is always, I think at some point Malika says something and she's like, don't talk about your mom like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like, there's, there's something precious about her. Yeah. Everybody sees her that she's like a good person and it's just like, it has a shit, yeah. shit luck right now. Yeah. Shit hand with, with losing their father. So this is where the story really turns. Yeah. So, so this is now, this is bad. this is where Shars decides I'm going to get back at you. Yeah. And she forces the girls to meet her in the morning. Again, she's wearing her her high heels. Well, uh, she did her disgusting snot rocket, and yeah. then she decides to light the money on fire. Yep. And it it, it lights along with the billowing curtains. All of the decoration. <laughs> Turns out Party City, very yeah, flammable. Very flammable. <laughs> Thousands of dollars in damage. Oh, and of course, like a bat out of hell, Char and the twins are gone. Bye. Two Peace. seconds. Yeah, she can't walk down the hall without click clacking, but, but but the minute she's like... I'm getting she kicked those pumps off, bolt. grabbed them and run, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Malika's trying to get away, and then it, the like janitor sees her and is like, like, "Oh, Malika! Malika Madison, is that you?" And she's like, "Dang it!" And she runs home. <laughs> she gets into bed, which I understand kid logic right there. Like, I'm gonna get in bed, pretend I'm asleep. Nobody's gonna know. No one will ever. Nobody find will this ever out. know. Yeah. Plot twist: They did. Yeah. Her mom gets a call. <laughs> And uh, yeah, she takes the fall. She gets brought into the office. Thousands of dollars of damage. And she just... To the point where her mom's like, there's no... I don't even know how we're going to pay this back. Yep. And um, basically, she just... She doesn't say anything. And Char calls her all sweet. Like, we're such good friends. Thanks for not spilling on me, Yeah, buddy. I, I'm going to bring you clothes and blah, blah, blah. And doesn't matter. You're living in your house because you're grounded <laughs> now. For real. <laughs> Who gives a shit about what you're wearing? She's not expelled, but she's... Um, ex She's, she's suspended, she's suspended. Right? And right at the same time, she finds that she actually wins the library writing competition. Well, she can use that $100 to pay off the thousands of dollars <laughs> of, of debt. And Miss Saunders actually comes to her house and she's like, you know, trying to like talk, talk to her to get her to like turn on Char so that she's not in so much trouble. And Char, that little hooch, stole Miss Saunders' watch and stuck it in Malika's locker just to give extra. I, she like planned it out, yeah. right? She's like, you can't because... You know, just so you know, it's basically back blackmail at this point. Oh, yeah. And it anyway, it was just really sad. At the same time, Malika starts getting into poetry. So she's like reading, getting poetry books at the library. She's now trying to figure out what she's going to do with her life. Um, Caleb writes her some poetry. Caleb writes her a poem. I also just wrote Bitch Boy next to him for most of the book. Yeah. He was but kind of a turd. I'm still bitter about him abandoning her one time. <laughs> yes. There there is a moment though where he does come to the rescue. So uh Malika is going to the store to get something for her mom and John John talking a big game. He did something to some guys, some big boys, and they start to beat the crap out of him. Mm -hmm. And Malika runs and gets a switch mm -hmm. and starts whipping those boys, hitting them, like going after them, and then they start to like go after her and and Caleb actually like got the neighborhood together and all of the neighborhood all of elders, sudden, like, everybody's neighborhood like watch. coming after them. Yes. 
And they come band together and they're like, you're not hitting girls on our block. And the, the guys end up running off and stuff. But I, I did like that. The one thing I did like about Caleb is he was like, we can make this a better place. That's something yeah. he told her is like, you know, like we can, you know, you should join this, this movement we're going to do. Cause we're kind of trying to make the school better. Yeah. And again, it's just all these little like nuggets of. He's optimistic. Yeah. And, and he see, he sees like the power of collective change. Yes. And I think him speaking into her life and Miss Saunders speaking into her life and the poetry competition and, you know, getting a new relationship with mom, it's building her self-confidence so that Mm -hmm. she is finally able to effectively break with Char. Break with Char. And and she tells on her. Yeah. And she and Char gets expelled. Which I don't advocate for snitches get stitches type thing. But like at this point, man, she she has been taking too much crap for for Char's nonsense. Yeah. And like you said before, like I think what was really cool about this, even though I wanted her to go John Wick and mm-hmm. I wanted her to like take Char down to where, yeah. you know, humiliate her, like, you know, the whole thing. That's not that's not reality for most people. And it's not always the best. Also, there's nothing worse that you can do to Char than what's already honestly happening in Char's relation and Char's house. That's true. She's having to like serve beer to all these older drunk people. You I mean, come on. We we you yeah. know what the hell she's dealing yes. with. It's awful. Yeah. And there's nothing worse that you can do to Char yeah. than what's already happening. And well, all of her stuff is just lashing out. I think uh I think Malika does do the worst thing she can do because she was actually a friend. Like she would yeah. she she could have shown her some compassion and kindness and she's not gonna get that from the twins. And Char, no, Char the twins ruined are her only, along Yeah. Too. She ruined her only friendship, you know. Yeah. And so thankfully Char gets out of the picture. This is this is where Caleb writes his poem, which would you like to read it? <laughs> it's on page 169 or, or you also put it in the yes. notes because I think you really liked it. Um, it's pre- I mean, there's nothing like seventh grade poetry. <laughs> We've looked in our old books. It's, it's, it's bad. It's really good. To Malika, my sweet, dark chocolate candy girl. Would you be my almond joy, my chocolate chip, my Hershey kiss, my sweet, dark chocolate butter crisp? Hand in hand, we'd walk to class and sit and talk in the sweet green grass. Roller coaster way up high, pick moonbeams from out the sky. Would you be my almond joy, my chocolate chip, my Hershey kiss, my sweet, dark chocolate butter crisp? And she's like, Caleb's home made me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, he went to the convenience store and he went down the line and was like... Swisher hmm. sweet does not rhyme. <laughs> Chico stick oh, also does Just not rhyme. Horrible poetry, but good poetry, but horrible poetry. Well, especially compared to how beautiful the writing that she's done about the, the girl in the slave ship. And then this, it's this. This is what got her. Yeah, she's she, like, oh, like, man, I love He's candy. a great writer. He's a great writer. So, he's optimistic. He's got, he's got a good heart. So our story kind of concludes uh, Malika comes back to school and the first person to welcome her is actually like, um, is John John. Yeah. Well, she also got John John not to get his ass beat. So yeah. that's well, like the nicest. That's the, honestly, it's, it's good. And, and, and that's kind of it. And I don't know. I just, it I, seemed very, re- I mean, there's some of it that seems far fetched. Like the, the whole, like, Oh, we lit the school on fire. Yeah, um, and, and didn't like just everybody get expelled and there was a kid that kicked a glass door out and he just straight got expelled yeah when I was in fifth grade he yeah. like kicked through a glass door and oh yeah I sir he need, you're done well I think he you're more done. got sent to alternative school at that point because there was like at that point there was more that they than they could do yeah 
but you know, yeah, you don't get to stay when Mm-mm. you light the school on fire. The girl who brought the vodka got straight expelled too, yeah. actually, when I was in middle school. There's a kid in high school that put um put the pond water from the like oh, biology yeah. experiment where you look at the pond water yeah. in the slide, put it in the teacher's coffee and she Ooh. got giardia. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Like real problem. And she yeah. but she couldn't sh- she couldn't prove who it was, but she had an idea. And so that was kind of crazy. There was a kid I remember he put acid on the back of another kid's neck in chemistry class. <gasps> that got him to some trouble. And then so I have a snitches get stitches story. So I'm sitting in biology class. I think I maybe like it was in sophomore or something. And the teacher was very eccentric and wonderful. Some liked him, some didn't. I liked his flavor. He was like a poor man's uh, crikey. Uh, what was that guy's name? Steven Wood? Yes. Oh, I'm into yeah. it. And so he, he was quite the character. And anyway, he was showing us a clip or something and someone had a laser pointer and they got it out and were shining it. And then he's like, all right, who has a laser pointer? And they kept doing it. And he's like, okay, who has it? Like just let's, who has it? Or I'm going to call security. And so yeah, security came and was like, invest, like did an investigation in class. And so every person got pulled in this back room and asked like, do you know who has the pointer? And I know who has the pointer. It's mm-hmm. one of my friends. And well, he was like a, a gangster too, which was really interesting. Nicest guy in the world, totally a gangbanger. Anyway, so he had the laser pointer and like, so we get pulled back there and I'm like, Beth, you got to be cool, man. And I am, I feel the adrenaline. <laughs> I am like sweating. And they're like, me and this other girl back there. And she, they're like, oh, do you guys know who has a pointer? I'm like, no. And I'm like, okay, I played it cool. <laughs> no, they, you walked out of there and they were like, like yeah, that yeah, girl knows. She knows. Uh, <laughs> and then this other girl goes back there. That's like this very sweet girl would be considered like a nerdy girl. Yeah, yeah. Kind of probably um, very horse girl energy. That's all I'll say. And I, I, I was going to say, <laughs> I was not in your class. No. <laughs> but um, but but she goes in and she comes out and then they immediately stop the investigation and they pull him out. Oh, and I'm just like, no. and so then everybody's glaring at her and I'm just like, oh, and she was somebody that definitely got bullied in, in school. Poor it was girl. awful. Uh, but it was definitely like, it was terrifying. Like, yeah. and now I snitch on everybody. Got a space heater in your office? I'm telling, you know, not really, but. Not I was really. going to say, I'm, I'm thinking, do I have one? No, do don't. I have I've one? I've already checked. <gasps> I used um, to. Yeah. Now I don't. Because yeah, it smells bad. Yeah, it was not a regulated one. The one but that anyway, I had? Yeah, I saw it. It's in my garage. Oh, well, you might want to throw it in the garbage. <laughs> But anyway, so <laughs> overall, I would say I really loved the skit I'm in. I think that it it really spoke to me. It made me think a lot about like my own journey with like race and blackness, cu- blackness and culture and and how to navigate, especially when you are alone in the world by yourself, just trying to shop at the freaking TJ Maxx without getting followed oh. by a college student. Thanks, Gary. I don't yeah. know what his name was, but Gary, mind your own bees. That literally happened. It was awesome. <sighs> and I was like, oh my gosh, you're following me. And then I was like, hands up, don't touch anything. And I left the store. It was pretty upsetting. Yeah. Um, I I never I didn't have a moment like that until I went to the Salt Lake Airport in a rainbow sweater during Pride last year. And a lady, I it took me a really long time to get service, even though there were plenty of people around. And then finally, a younger lady came and asked me about my sweater for Pride. And mm. I was like, well, yeah. Also, I just like the sweater. You know, yeah. it's, it's fun. It's colorful. I love colorful clothes. And, uh, and then this one lady kept muttering things behind me every time she'd walk uh. behind me. And I was like, 
oh, okay. Got it. I got it. Got it. I see what happened yep. here. But it was it wasn't until like, <laughs> like last year. It was yeah. Okay. I was I was in college uh-huh. and I got invited to um uh Dr. Maya Angelou was speaking. Oh, and wow. so there's a few of us that got invited to meet her. Uh, <gasps> you I, met Maya Angelou? Yeah. That's <laughs> How have I not known that? I don't know. Like it was awkward, but you're doing the next poetry short. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) So I here I am reading William Carlos freaking William. So it was like so we were meeting, but I'm walking to the event Mm -hmm. and I'm like you know kind of hurrying, and there's this white woman in front of me. And she clutched her purse as I was approaching. She looked back, saw me, and she clutched. And I was just like, "Ma'am," and I I. Again, I didn't want to like go off. Yeah. Um, and this is pre-cell phones where you could take video of people acting foolish, foolish, which I'm so thankful we have that now because it's like people are like, yeah. how is this so prevalent? I'm like, no, it's it just documented. It was always happening. Yeah. yeah. And it's so nice to be able to know this is really how people yeah. treat me, you know, or I've been treated and whatever. And anyway, I was just like so appalled. I was like, and it was like an ugly purse too. I was like, <laughs> Are you I wouldn't kidding even me? steal that ugly I was purse. like, you really think I want your nasty handbag? Like, your back slouchy off. Like, hobo bag. I have things I'm doing. Like, so <laughs> I don't know. It was just freaking wild. Um, yeah, I have so many like crazy stories of like crazy, crazy racism stories, crazy bias stories. And it's just like some, you know, a lot of times I forget them and then I'll be like, oh yeah. Remember when that person wouldn't let you in their house when you were five because their grandma was there and she didn't like black people? Like just wild stuff, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember when you were 37 and your friends like grandma called you a monkey? <gasps> yeah. Shut yeah. the fuck. I know. It was wild. And then my friend was kind of like, I can't apologize for my family. I'm like, oh the yeah, you could. You, can. you could, but that's cool. I, I know you're going through some I'm, stuff, but again- just crazy stuff. And I'm just like, and I know that like my, everybody has their own experience and mine quote unquote, hasn't been that bad, but it's all relative. It's been bad for me. (laughs) So anyway, loved the book. (laughs) I would give it like five chic haircuts because, and a a tube of red lipstick. Cause I just, I thought it was so well-written. I'm actually really excited to read the The sister sequel. Yeah. Yeah. About Char's life and just kind of, it it sounded really heavy. I want to read it, but we should, maybe we should read it for next year. Maybe next year. Yeah. But yeah, I really liked it. What did you, what would you rate this? 10 out of 10 Almond Joys. Nice. <laughs> um, Buttercrisps. Nice. No, I, I would say 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10. I really, I liked the plot. I liked the book. I, I, I actually got really invested in it. It was a little bit of a slow start at the beginning. I had, mm-hmm. a, 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 at the beginning, I struggled a little mm-hmm. bit, but I did like, I liked the way it was written. I liked the, the, the story flowed the, like the pacing a lot of the books we read the pacing is really off yeah this the this, pacing was it great. just yep it just went yeah yeah there weren't there you know every every chapter focused on something it was it was important it was good, yeah uh and i i would like to read a sequel to this where she goes to college and just oh, like yeah just dominates it. yeah yeah but again and hbc and just anyway yeah good times well yeah. speaking of good times we're reading a very good time book next month sam sam's choice You'll know exactly why in two seconds. Oh, wait. Is it the one you gave me? Yes. <laughs> do you want to <laughs> tell everybody yes. what it is? <laughs> we are reading Misty of Chincoteague by Marguerite Henry, which if you don't know is a book about horses. <laughs> yes. I loved Marguerite Henry growing up. I read 
many of her books. And we even went to Chincoteague once to look at the ponies. Yeah, I believe I saw you recently in a t-shirt or a sweatshirt from there. No, I sent you a picture of my, I still have my Chincoteague Island t-shirt and I will wear it when we record. I I love it. It is is a slate blue. Perfect. You will get pictures. (laughs) Again, I'm very excited to go full horse girl energy. I don't want this book to be bad because I like it so much. But I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be bad. I mean, it's an award winner, you know, so yeah, a bunch of horse girls got together and voted that this was the best of the horse girl literature. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm excited to learn more about your culture, just like you learn more about mine today. <laughs> yes, I come from a long line of horse girls. Actually, I'll bring um, I'll bring a book. My great aunt was very sweet and put together like a family book. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the day, my great my great aunt and my great uh, I guess they were like my great aunt's cousin. So my great great aunt's like twice removed or some stuff like yeah. that. They were all trick riders. Oh, cool. So I'll bring some pictures. Very cool. Of like Irma Jean roping an entire horse. Irma Jean. While- oh, yeah. Horse <laughs> girl <laughs> energy. My, my culture. <laughs> well, my grandma was Jelaine and my great aunt is Irma Jean. I mean, we're there. Yeah. Candy. Toy. We're there. That's how everybody was named him. Fam. Oh, Milton. Doug. So looking forward to it. 